listening to Rabbit Troop Sucks, and we're going to send you on a journey today. <laughs> a 1985 journey. Oh my God. A journey full of crime and waves. A crime wave, some might say. Sam Raimi's crime wave. And in a lot of ways, for the next maybe hour or so, we're going to tell you, in my opinion, what crimes have been committed. I don't know how you feel about that, Mike. Yeah, no, that's accurate. There's a, a few crimes that were committed in this movie, you know, several of which involve me watching it. Yeah, so here's a movie, 1985, director Sam Raimi, super fitting for right now because we just have uh, the Doctor Strange movie dropped at Disney Plus, you know, somewhat recently and, you know, pretty big in the theaters. Sam Raimi fans clearly know, and one of my favorite series, Evil Dead, and, you know, the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. And then we have this, this, this film, which you would think, Sam Raimi, okay, maybe it's rudimentary, maybe it's early. And then you have this movie written by the Coen brothers. I never knew the combination existed. I was aware of the film. I knew Sam Raimi had something to do with it. I really didn't know what it was about. But yeah, the Coen brothers being the writers was a surprise to me. I still don't know what this movie's about. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to load up a little uh, summary. And it's a... Uh, a pair of whacked-out cartoon-like exterminator-slash-hitmen kill the owner of a burglar alarm company and stalk the partner who hired hit them, his wife, and a nerd framed for the murder, <laughs> who tells the story in flashback from the electric chair. And that comes from IMDb. And that does seem to be what the summary of the film is, if you could puzzle the chaos together... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny that they reference it as, as the villains as being cartoony because as I was watching it for the I watched this movie twice by the way as I was watching it the first time I and I texted you and and you asked me how it was I, I mentioned that I, it was like watching a live action cartoon and I did not know that that's how this movie was built it's like watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit but there's no cartoons but there's cartoon sound effects for everything yeah and it's funny that you say that I have it's like Roger Rabbit side notes all throughout I keep noting this and. That is an accurate assessment. This is very Roger Rabbit-esque, but it's very dirty too. There's kind of a grit, kind of this old, I don't know. It's like you could tell there wasn't a big budget, so everything's slightly darkened. There's that. It doesn't seem like there's a big wardrobe. It doesn't seem like there's big special effects. There's a total grit to this that detracts in a lot of ways for what this movie could have been, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that this movie could have been, could have been much. Um, yeah, I mean, Sam Raimi billed this as the darkest time of his life. Yeah, I uh, thought I read some kind of, movie. Yeah, I thought I read some kind of trivia that it just he basically straight up wants to forget it. Yeah, we get Bruce Campbell, you know, a Sam Raimi regular, and something that I read was part of the problem with the film is they didn't want Bruce Campbell in it. I don't, yeah. really, I didn't really understand the story. Yeah, he he was meant to be the main character. Okay, um, but they for whatever the producers you know, didn't like that, so they. He, they expanded the role that he had, which was just supposed to be like a one and done scene. But they, they expanded the role because Sam Raimi just wanted to like hang out with him until filming was over. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would, I would love to hang 100%. out with Bruce Campbell at any point in time. That seems great. Bruce Campbell's quote about the movie was, uh, this movie wasn't released. It escaped, which <laughs> I, I think is pretty, pretty fitting. Yeah. Um, well, as we, as we go through it, yeah, there's a lot of ideas escaping. There's some kind of semblance of a story all throughout this. Um, it starts off that, as noted on that IMDb summary, that you get the main character, uh, Ajax, 
and he is telling this story from prison and we get this long-winded you know i didn't do it you you got the wrong person let me tell you a little story and you get uh, i believe at this point in time quickly is this where we also see the nuns yeah the movie the movie opens i think with the nuns a car full of nuns just like driving very briskly um and and like when i say nuns they're, they're wearing like the flying nun hat. oh yeah it's, it's like, comical yeah um yeah and, and then yeah we we see uh the where 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 what's the character's name you called him ajax ajax that's had, his last name oh okay i wrote down vic is it, vic it is, is, it is okay, vic good. ajax vic ajax of course um the the prison that he's in is called Hudsucker State Penitentiary, as it would which, be, which uh, you know a little foreshadowing. The Hudsucker proxy was, I, I think, the next Sam Raimi Cohen Brothers team up because Sam Raimi co-wrote the Hudsucker proxy, which of course the Cohen Brothers uh, directed, wrote they most of. They yeah. definitely got the better end of that deal. They did, yeah. Um, but yeah, so y we we hear that he's uh, he's up for execution. Um, and you know, it's we see the classic like they're leading him down the prison cell. The lights are flickering because apparently this prison executes people just nonstop. Um, and he, yeah, he he's. Uh, oh no, I do I do have Ajax written down once. <laughs> Great. Um, and yeah, and, he, and he's he's pleading his innocence and says, yeah, this is uh, this is this is how it went down. I'm going to tell you guys the story. Right, and it's definitely if any of you have watched Wayne's World, what they're making fun of the flashback blurry fade. And then we're back. It may even have the sound effects. As Mike noted, there are sound effects all throughout this movie. So if there are sound effects there, would not be surprised. Yeah. Um, so now now we're, we're flashing back. And it's funny because he, he's having a flashback to something that he wasn't present for, which is an interesting cinematic move. Yeah. Um, and this is funny because I actually thought this was a different guy. I'm glad Mike watched this. But uh, we get we get to see Bruce Campbell right off the bat. Yeah, Bruce Campbell's right there. His character, who his name at this point is just the heel. I think he has a real name at some point. But he's uh so the I don't even know how to sell this. The Vic Ajax is a he works for a like security systems company who is that is owned by two people. And one of the people is talking to Bruce Willis as the heel about Bruce Campbell, Bruce, Bru Campbell. Bruce, Bruce Campbell, <laughs> Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, to Bruce Campbell's the heel, uh, talking about, I think he wanted to sell it and turn it into a strip club. Yeah. So it's, he's, he, I, I believe that's the case. He wants to do this and open a strip club. There are two owners to the security company and it's Odengard. I think it's Odengard yeah. and trend, I, Mr. And trend. trend. Yeah. And Bruce Campbell is talking to Odengard. Bruce Campbell is talking to Odengard. Mr. Trend hears this conversation and is just so, so upset. So he, as one would in this environment, he goes to the yellow pages because that's where you go to solve all your problems. And he finds an ad for some exterminators. It's a half page ad in the yellow pages. Um, and the ad reads that they, they take care of rats, mice, bats, roaches, men, and ants. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and the it has two pictures pictures of the two the two members of this ex, uh, extermination team. One is just some guy who I don't recognize. The other is Kowalski from from Blade Runner. Um, Brian Brian James. James. Yeah, also in the Fifth Element. Yes. Yeah. Where did he learn to negotiate that? Like I that? do not know. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and he, and he decides he's going to call these guys because they advertise in the old pages that they they murder human beings as well as rodents. So he calls it and he does it. He does it for his wife, Elaine. Um, it's truly a love story at the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 
we're we're Vic is now kind of installing a security system. So apparently, Mister Trend lives right across the street from the building that his security company is. I also noted that it's super weird. He just walks into this building. I was like, what's happening? But then you see this background shot that highlights that the security building is across the street from where he lives, which does kind of make sense. It almost comes off as, you know, a play performance because there's really only a few locations. Right. Yeah. They go to three places in this movie on the same street. Right. Uh, and, And Vic is installing a security system. Does Vic live in this building? I I don't even know if that's established. I have a theory Vic 1 or Ajax, Vic mm-hmm. Ajax doesn't sleep. It just seems like he's working around the clock. So right. I don't I don't think so. I think he just works there. Yeah, so Mr. Trend comes he comes into the apartment building and he's he's looking a little frazzled. He accidentally walks into a into a broom closet. I do I do know that the broom closet is full of Sudzo, yeah. S U D Z O boxes. Sudzo makes routine appearances in this movie. Yeah. It's never really explained, but there's a lot of Sudzo. Um and, you know, Vic Ajax is like, oh, hey, Mr. Trend, I'm installing this thing. Uh, you you walked into the closet, you big dum-dum. Um, and then Mr. Trend goes on. He, he gives him a little, a little you know, pep talk about, like, because he's he's doing this for his wife. He's having his partner killed for his wife. Uh, so he, he he's given Vic Ajax the, you know, you'll you'll have this someday. You'll you'll feel what I feel. And as he's walking into his apartment, he's telling him this. And <laughs> this I like this line, Vic Ajax. Uh, as they're walking into Mr. Trend's apartment and, and he's talking about how you can have all this someday. He's like, uh, Mr. Trend, I'd love to have a foyer someday, but not on my salary. Um, <laughs> and, and, that, and then soon he uh, he pulls out a book, if I have this in, in the right mm-hmm. order, which is How to Talk to Girls. So Ajax is now consulting the literary geniuses who wrote this in chapter one, The Perfect Woman. And he's just, you know, in plain sight, reading this book and reading it out loud, which is great. Yeah, that's... Uh... Not that's not what the ladies want to see, guys. You know, take it, take it from us. And then we meet the woman of his dreams, the woman of his dreams. Yeah. Um, he it's the classic, he sees her from outside, or he's in the building, she's crossing the street, and he she gets hit by a truck, and the truck happens to be the truck of the exterminators. Um, and uh, he goes out there to to help her as she gets hit, and you know, that's you know, love at first sight, and uh, he 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 mentions uh you maniacs as uh, as the truck drives off and the the one of the exterminators gets out Far, his name is Farron Crush I yeah, think yeah i don't know any of their names no uh, i looked them up once and i think i instantly forgot them and he's played he's played by the actor Paul L Smith but apparently at some point Paul L Smith really really pissed off um, Sam Raimi. So Sam Raimi had all of his lines redone, like his the you know his ADR by a professional wrestler named Dick the Bruiser. I, I don't know eighties wrestling enough to know who that is, but it's very it is very apparent that there is only one character with ADR voiceover, and it's ridiculous. And I feel this is where we need our guest cameo Lamar Sutton to answer all of our wrestling questions yeah, he, that are going to pop up. He would be on this. We'll ask him next time. Um, but yeah, so so he he hears him call him maniac. He gets out of the van. No one calls me maniac, but it, but in a much weirder voice. And then he just he fucking bonks Vic Ajax on the head. Not like he doesn't punch him. He just he bonks him. It's yeah. like a yeah. I you know you know what I mean. He, yeah. There's a bonk, and it probably has a sound effect. Bonk. There was yeah, yeah. There definitely. And then rolls up Bruce Campbell. 
Yeah, yeah, Bruce Campbell. So we we notice, or maybe we don't notice, that uh, the the girl that got hit by the van, the girl of his dreams, was one of the nuns from the beginning of the movie. Nancy. Nancy. Uh, and Vic is trying to do some some awkward flirting here, and uh, his line is, "Would you like to have some lunch with me some evening?" Which is a Spider Man. He reuses um, Sam Raimi reuses that line in Spider Man. Really, verbatim. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that that's a line from a. Uh, Wow, who's Spider-Man? Peter Parker. Peter, no, no, don't move wire. Toby Parker. Toby Parker. To Kirsten Dunst doesn't work then either. Uh, she says no. He's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll pay. Um, all the while, he has this like how to talk to women book in his hand. So then, this is when Bruce Campbell shows back up, and his name is Ronaldo. Yes. Um, he puts the cigarette on on Vic's hand. He uh, he asks Nancy to come drown a couple olives with him. Um, and uh, and they yeah, she's into it because he's 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 Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Then we jump to something. I can't really read my notes. I was like, what did? Where did they go? There, to a city scene. Yeah. There's like a city scene, and there's like a bad storm. Rolling oh yeah. In. Um, like telephone poles are falling over. Uh, things are blowing around. Did and the, there's a newspaper that like blows into the screen. Did you see the headline on the newspaper? Yeah, I actually wrote a bunch of things from it. So okay. the newspaper flies to the screen. So it's like fa 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 boom right right to the center of the screen. Like you, the audience member, got hit in the face with it. Storm, city in chaos. That's what it notes. And I wrote some, some of the other stories in it. So I paused it really quick because it seemed like a lot was written on this. There's a, there's an evil dead reference in this newspaper. Uh, is it the time space disturbance? Yeah. Yeah. Military yeah. seal off Tennessee murder site, time yeah. space disturbance <laughs> discovered. Yeah. That was awesome. And then yeah. there was something like gold at museum elks chapter to honor <laughs> noted Texas like newbie or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the city's in chaos. Uh, it's crumbling. Power lines are coming down. Oh no. And then, you know, we go to the next scene. Yeah. And the next scene is, uh, the exterminator van again, being driven by whatever that guy's name is. And Brian James. And this is the, Sam Raimi uses this, this camera trick a lot. It's like the evil in evil dead. It's yeah. like fast kind of choppy first person. And like, we see the van, from its point of view, driving down this alley, um, we we find out that Brian James—I don't remember what his character's name is—but he talks like a rat for some reason. Yeah, I like. I'm gonna just be pretty direct. Every time it cuts to the exterminators, it is my least favorite thing about this film. It, yeah, they talk in weird voices. It's only making it more confusing. You can't really hear every word. I mean, I understand the majority, but it's so annoying you want rid of it. This is really where it becomes super cartoony. Just yeah. really, really, really weird cartoony. I think the dirt, the grit I'm looking for is Crumb, like the artist Crumb who would draw. Mm -hmm. But like, that was funny, and this seems like kind of like a dark ripoff that doesn't have the grit or merit to back itself, which is... Kind of unfortunate because I love everyone associated with this film, but oof. I mean, again, the exterminators worst part for me. Yeah, it was. I mean, the combination of Brian James talking like a rat, or like, I mean, to reference Roger Rabbit again, like the weasel. You know. Yeah, I don't want to do this because it's just so annoying. But something like me, 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 like that's how it's talking. Just yeah, no, constantly, that, and it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the other guy, uh, Farron Crush, just like I, I can't, I won't do it justice trying to do an impression, but he's just, he's like gut laughing the whole time, like ah ha. <laughs> it's, it, it's 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 just it's just bizarre yeah um but so they're they're on their way to kill the partner because you know they've been hired 
so we back up in the apartment, one of the three places in this movie, we have the the partner that that hired them, um, whose name I said earlier, but I don't remember. There's Odegaard and uh, Trend. Mr. Yeah. So Mr. Trend's up there with his wife, uh, played by Louise Lasser, who I don't know, but she looks like a clown. <laughs> um, so one of the one of the pieces of trivia about her that I, that I found. Did, did you see this? Did you look I'll this up at all? I only read up a couple. Okay, <laughs> she apparently was like one night during filming got super coked up and fired her makeup person. Um, and they didn't, they just didn't replace her with a new makeup person. Cause this woman is apparently crazy. And she insisted on doing her own makeup. So if you, in the movie, you like, you will see her progressively <laughs> looking more and more ridiculous, just like a painted clown. Um, cause like she on all coked up is not, not putting the blush on. Right. Um, Rabbit troop sucks has been brought to you <laughs> by painted, coked up clowns, painted, coked up clowns. <laughs> Uh, so she's she's looking out the window and bin, with binoculars for some reason. I don't know if this is like a normal thing for her, um, but she's she's like you know, hey husband, uh, you know your partner's still working. Why is he still working? Is he still there? I don't know. This is crazy. Uh, and trend is like he, he you know he knew he was going to be there because he hired the guys to kill him. He's like just stop looking out the goddamn window. It's fine. Because um, he doesn't, he doesn't want her to see anything. And this gives us a perspective too. Anytime there's now some transitional shots, so the main areas are going to be this club, the security area, and the apartment building, and she is overlooking those other areas. And that's really kind of like almost like a triangle of the majority of the film. And later, there's a highway chasing, but beyond that, the majority of this film takes place in almost that square rectangle triangle kind of area. Yeah, most of this movie takes place between the apartment and the, and the store next door or across the street. Um, but so she's, she thinks something's up. She wants trend to go take a look and he's like, you know what? Fine. I'll go, I'll go look, um, you know, just to put her at ease. So, and he can lie and say, everything's fine. Even though he knows his partner's getting killed and his partner is getting killed by, um, Kowalski who has this weird, like yeah. electrocution device. It's like a, it, they're like, two electric batons hooked up to like maybe this was the inspiration for the air gun oh like in no country for yeah, old men yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe like, because i um, kept thinking this is such a weird device like it, it right so it basically is just i mean it's not but it looks like some kind of alien device right like someone crafted something off a ufo and just made this and it's super weird and it's not fitting in the movie at all. No, it's, these it's, people have some weird sci-fi device right, that it's, it's evaporates not mentioned people. at all. He's, it's like an oscilloscope that's like strapped <laughs> around his neck with these two batons. It's like in in Flight of the Concords in Carol Brown, where he makes his own guitar. Right. That, if it, it's if, like that. If this was black and white, shout out to my dad. This would be some kind of Flash Gordon moment where it'd be like flicker on and off light, zip, 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 zip. And then all of a sudden the smoke appears mm -hmm. and then that person's gone. Like you've been hit with the gamma ray. Um, yeah. May maybe this is where they got the inspiration from Iron Man too. I uh, think this is where they got the inspiration from drugs. They definitely got <laughs> the inspiration from drugs. Yeah. Uh, so Kowalski pops up and with his weird electric dildo machine, he electrocutes the partner as planned. Um, Trend walks in and sees the dead body and goes, he, you know, he, he, does, he, he doesn't see, he doesn't see Kowalski there anymore. Um, but you know, he, he looks out the window and he tries to give the thumbs up to his wife saying like, no, it's fine. Just, you know, it's, I'm going to come home. Um, and then, uh, my notes are a little uh, choppy here, but 
we're, he, we're back at the club of my notes we're oh we're, we yeah, we are back at the club yeah 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 now it's turned into some kind of weird party so we're back at the club club um, rialto which yeah. was also the name of a club in denver that is not really open anymore yeah this has been brought to you by rialto nice <laughs> Real, it was one of the uh so this is going to be super boring for all, everyone not from denver but when um uh the the congress park the place right up the street from where we're sitting uh they had that like company closed down um rialto was one of the ones that went down with them oh yeah rialto and uh I don't. I can't remember any of the other ones. This is super great radio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, well, Denver, places, places that can't afford pl- rent in Denver. Places <laughs> that cannot afford rent in Denver that we used to go to. Yeah. So we're at this weird party. I wrote to the side that Nancy is just the worst. Um, yeah. She is just leading Ajax on. Well, in some ways, I mean, clearly she's been upfront. But now we're at a point in time where now she's actually leading Ajax on because she's trying to make Ronaldo jealous. Ronaldo's walked off. Uh, he's hitting on other people, and she's getting uh, really uptight about this, uh, which makes sense. But she's now flirting with Ajax, and he's like, oh, this is great. But she's really just using him. And this is really weird because this whole movie is trying to build a love story between Ajax and Nancy. And um, spoiler, it does happen. How it gets there, really, in this movie? Hell no. I have yeah, no idea. Nobody knows. So, yeah. So Nancy's there. She starts out there with Bruce Campbell, but he's being a big old dick. And he, he tries to split the bill with her, I think. Yeah. Um, or, but he doesn't even pay like his half because he's doing some kind of weird math. But yeah, he rounds up like a dollar or yeah. something. He's like, I'll pay that extra dollar even though you have the, more of the appetizer. Right. So, you know, and, and then he just, he immediately walks away from her and starts hitting on other women. Yeah. So she, Nancy sees Vic and is like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to piss off Bruce Campbell by pretending to like, uh, to like Vic and it, it doesn't it doesn't really work because Bruce Campbell's got uh he's on to his own thing he, he walks up to a girl who's at the bar drinking the bar he says I haven't seen you here before I like that in a woman uh, <laughs> which, which I thought was a, was a pretty good and then, then there's like keep, keep talking baby yeah and then there's there's some more like weird weird sound effects it's like it's like the yeah, yeah every like, time you know someone does the gunpoint like points out right. like, flicks out <laughs> there like things yeah you hear that like like that was some kind of laser gun, but it's like, <laughs> like the bang, the bang, zip, zip. Like he's shooting bullets and how they implement these cartoon moments. There's even a little bit of an animated smoke scene that you see. It's just like rolling the dice. Like, are we going to have one here? Sure. Or maybe it's, do we have the budget? We have three times we could do this. Like pull it out of the hat when we do it. It's not consistent whatsoever. No, no, it's super weird. Uh, we, now we bounce back to, uh, we bounce back to the 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 the, the store, the security store. Yeah. Um, Farron crushes there. He sees Kowalski and he he, he once again bonks him. Because um, uh, oh, Kowalski, I think he he punches out Trend, the guy that's the, that hired him, um, and 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 the other guys like that's the guy who hired us, and uh, and then Kowalski and his rap boys, yeah, it's two two for one, <laughs> and they they all have a good laugh. Um, and that, that kind of sets up the scene that these guys, these guys are now officially having a crime wave. Now, oh yeah. Yeah. They didn't just kill the one guy. They, they you know, they, they killed two guys cause they, yeah, they, I think they killed, they killed trend, right? He's not alive. Yeah. It just basically happens. Like trend is in the wrong place, wrong time. I don't know if they purposefully do it, but I think it was more of like the ray gun, gamma ray gun goes off or yeah. someone kind of turns on and does it and they're like, whoopsies. And then like, that's, that's it. Like now, now both the partners are dead. Yeah. 
and now we're we're bouncing right back to the to the club um yeah i i actually note this we're about halfway through the movie and yeah. this is a little more like scene 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 like bang bing bong like the editing starts to become kind of abrupt it's We've killed Trent. Cut the club. It's it's very quick. It's I mean, did you notice that? Is no, that yeah, it it was very quick. And I mean, just as kind of like a, a side uh, production note, we we're not always going to just go scene by scene through these movies. Right. I, I know that's kind of been our way, but uh, I, I think at some point, just kind of talking through the themes of movies and the the plot trajectory is going to be where we're going to go. But like for for some of these movies, like if you don't just go scene by scene, none of it makes sense. Yeah. And this it, is a movie that just almost doesn't make sense by even doing yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just for the sake of trying to trying to narrate this in a way that I, I don't know if our intent is to make you want to see it or to wish, you know, just be glad that you haven't, or maybe somewhere in between, but just to kind of, to sell you on the idea of this movie, that this is kind of how, you know, we're going to, we're going to be going about this. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, then we basically just go right back to the club, right? Yeah. We're, we're back at the club. Uh, and, and Nancy's highlighting like, uh, so do you have $36? And, uh, Ajax is basically saying, no, I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. And so as luck would have it, what's announced a dance contest and the winner will get $36 and they enter it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of those, like the TV announces the thing that the, that the star of the movie needs. Yeah. Like, like Nancy says something like, like if I only had $36, like, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have, you know, have a dance contest and the winner will get $36. Right. And so they, they, you, you see them start dancing and then it is a hard cut to them just washing dishes. Yeah, that, I, I have to give it to everyone. I did not foresee just no. the quick fail. It is just immediately. They didn't come close. The look, on Nancy's face. Uh, as I said, I don't like Nancy right now. Nancy does change a bit for me. And I don't blame the person who plays Nancy. Just it was the writing that's choppy. But Nancy is so put off doing these dishes. Mm -hmm. And it's just clear that she's not mad at Ajax. She's just mad at everything. Yeah, she's just she's she's bummed out. Um <laughs> now we're now we're back at the apartments. Um the wife of the uh the, the the clown wife trend yeah trend's wife um he he she sees the you know the the exterminators loading a corpse into the car downstairs and she throws a flower pot at them yeah there's a little bit a lot a lot of flower flower pots. a lot of flower a lot of pots. home alone two action going on um and then now they uh they start they start coming at her uh crush farron crush is the one he's he's making his way through the apartment um, he's, he looks under the, and so thankfully, because you know, this apartment building is apparently owned by a security company, there's cameras everywhere. She has monitors for every camera in this building. Yeah. Th th that was a super weird reveal. I mean, yes, I guess it makes sense because your husband owned a securities company, but it just, it's just weird that she's looking out the window with binoculars this whole time. Right. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I would imagine in 85, she has a fifty thousand dollar array of video cameras you know pointing to everywhere in the building but mm. i want to backtrack let's go let's get a little personal here okay Mike. yeah yeah so let's go back to binoculars okay so a long time ago when mike and i were younger men we were hanging out at a bar <laughs> oh, and boy. we came back to my house and we were just hanging out watching movies or doing whatever i mean which leads to now i was just watching silly movies in any given week and I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing this tussle from across the street. 
And I'm like, hey, Mike, come over here. And so now, now Mike's looking at. Well, yeah, this. we're just we're looking at this. You're what fifth floor? No, it was the third. And third this floor, is probably okay. 1.30 in the morning on a Saturday or maybe a Friday. It might have been later than that. Yeah, it could have definitely been later than that. Okay, do you want to describe what you saw, Mike? Yeah. So Paul Paul summons me to the balcony, and we're we're outside looking at this at this tussle uh, going on, and I, I I'm I'm looking and I. Paul is next to me one moment. I turn, he's gone. I turn again and he is back with binoculars. He has just <laughs> reappeared and he is, he's, he's pulling a Helen here. He's got the binoculars. <laughs> yeah, I know where binoculars are. Yeah, apparently. Um, that, are we going to explain what we saw or is that like for the. No, we, we, we should explain. And the dilemma we were in because what then followed was like what you see in movies, yeah. someone experiencing an acid trip and then questioning their own reality. Yeah. It was a weird fever dream. There was a, a woman, I say a woman, she was like a girl, not like a, she was like probably 22 yeah, years old, young twenties, yeah, young twenties. And she was sitting on like the stoop of this apartment building. Yeah. She was and, getting into an argument and yeah. as, as, as other young men would do, we just watched it from a balcony. Of just course. Like, like, like it was Jerry Springer live action. Right. But she's, she's sitting down on the stoop and her, a boyfriend, I guess, is standing up and kind of like pacing around, but like, you know, gesticulating and like yelling at her. You can't really tell what he's saying. And then all of a sudden he just drop kicks her in the head. Yeah. And, and th like all jokes aside, I mean, this is not the funny part of the story by any means. No, Mike and I are alarmed. And so you got to think it's two in the morning or later, Mike and I are younger men. We've had some drinks. What do we do? Who are we going to call? We're talking about this. Do we call the cops? What, right. do, we, like, what do we do? How do we explain this? Like, I, yeah, this guy just drop kicked a woman in right. the head. So we're like moments away, literally from calling the cops. Right. Like, Hey, we're going to try to piece this situation together and be like, listen, we've had some drinks. It's two in the morning. This is the weird story I saw while looking at some neighbors outside. So I have to say that. Right. We would have put the binoculars away. Something but. stopped us. And I'm like, how do you want to describe these? I think three additional women that appear. Yeah. So this guy scampers off. This woman's crying. And then three more women appear. Right. But they're they're not like normal women. They're like gypsy women. Um, I, I, Mike, Mike is not exaggerating. No, they're wearing like, not like bathrobes. They're wearing like. like Princess Jasmine scarves. Yeah, this yeah. Is yeah. Not scarves and robes and like the little finger symbols. And they just, they come like. <laughs> like ethereally dancing out of this building. And I'm, I know that sounds ridiculous, but, but it's not is, a joke. And no. we were not on drugs no. and we only had a few drinks into this. We are of our own wits. Right. Um, and so like they're, they, they kind of, they comfort her. They like drape a blanket over. I do remember yeah. this woman kind of like gives it a right arm sash around the front and into her back. And then right. Comforts her by like hugging her. It's, it's like, like this one magical wipe. It's like when they're move. It's like when they're leading James Brown off stage with with the cape. It's, it was like that. They just kind of draped this thing over, and it, I couldn't hear what they were saying. No. But in my mind, it was like, she's coming with us. She's yeah. So us. now we're at a point where we don't call anyone because other people are involved and clearly know what's happening. Right. They're inside. Everything seems fine. I don't want to explain this to nine one one. Right. Like, Hey, we were going to call and then three genies popped up and whisked her <laughs> away. And how are you doing? And then Mike and I wake up in the drunk tank the next day or probably, you know, some kind of like 
psychiatrical evaluation. So, so sorry, side note, but we're going to yeah. tell you some tales along the way and the observations we've made here at our home base of Denver, Colorado. That's right. Yeah. So th- that was our fun binocular story and, and Helen is having hers. Um, but Farron crush is on, he's on his way. Uh, he, he looks under the door. She stabs him in the eye with a fork because she could see that he's looking under the door because he has cameras. Then he like, he does a full body, like, and then it makes a, a freight train noise. And he just runs through the door, I think. Yeah, and then it goes back to that Evil Dead style at points in time. And yeah. when he gets through, because there's that first person. I think that's when he starts throwing things. Yeah. Um, he, he So he ends up in the in the apartment. He, you know, the wife is throwing dishes and furniture at him. And he, he, like, crouches down and he grabs the carpet. And he just pulls the entire carpet towards him. Yeah, this is where the apartment by the carpet. Th- this is like a Tom and Jerry moment that yeah. someone's trying to run away, but someone keeps grabbing the carpet and they're actually pulling this person closer. Also, I wanted to give actually another shout out to uh, a Denver establishment. Uh, when they're throwing the, all the uh, the plates and various other things, it reminds, it, I know that it was like, wow, this looks like a smash room. And it, uh, I recently went to a smash room in Colorado in Denver. It's at 790 West Evans. It's called Smash It Break Room. I've never been to one. They give you crazy amounts of weapons. My wife and I went in there. We got 20 minutes in a room and we just beat the hell out of appliances. Uh, You get to throw plates. I took an aluminum baseball bat to a microwave and that microwave will not forget the lesson I taught it. (laughs) Um, it was super cool. I, I would, have you been to a break room or I, smash room? No, I have not. It's, it's really cool. And at first uh, I was like, ah, 20 minutes. Like, is that enough? I was sweating by the end of it. I mean, I just went into like, I'm going to beat everything at the last few minutes. And we had some makeshift mace and we had a crowbar. It was, it was super awesome. Smash rooms. Um, yeah, you should totally go. We should, we should make that the group outing. Let's go see, go to a smash room and then okay. you know, review a movie. <laughs> Pod, podcast field trip to smash room. <laughs> nice. Um, I like it. Uh, at, at this point, um, so someone, a neighbor, a well-meaning neighbor uh, comes into the room to help because he, he senses something going on. It's a guy who was shaving. He's so his face is covered in shaving cream. And uh, the, 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 the criminal, just the, the crime wave guy just kind of clowns on a little bit, turns the lights off. Um, this scene isn't particularly interesting, but he tricks, he basically tricks this guy into running out the window. Yeah. That was a super weird move. Yeah. But we do get to see that guy later on. I yeah, thought, yeah. is that guy dead? He is not. He is not. Um, not, yeah, he is not. Um, but then, you know, now quick cut, we're back at the club. We're, we're in the club. Uh, Wait, no, no, before oh, it happens, yeah, yeah, then, okay. then the guy gets up and a truck does run him down. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. No, you're right. He does. He survives. He survives the fall somehow. Uh, but then, then the big exterminator truck, which has a, a giant rat on the top of it, um, runs him down. Runs but, him down. but I do think we see this guy again even later. That's what I was thinking. Well, I, I, I think he's. I think we down. see his corpse being drug around. Oh yeah, that that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, one way or another. Yeah. No, he he he's coming. <laughs> you're, he's you're working back. for a living. Yeah. Uh, so the club is closing. Um, Vic is leaving. He's in a great mood. Nancy's not in a great mood. Um, He's like, you know what? Things have could, could have been a lot worse. And Nancy's not buying it. Then a truck drives by and just misses him, but covers her in mud. Um, it does look like poop. I know it, it does. It does. Look it like doesn't poop. just yeah. look like standard mud. It looks like someone opened, you know, like lunch line pudding and just threw it, all, threw it all over. Yeah. Um, and so 
for me now, this this kind of starts getting a little disjointed because there's there's kind of the, the cuts are coming fast and quick. Yeah, I mean, um, just to jump into it, like they basically get into the building, like you noted that. Um, yeah, they get into the building. And they're trying to call, like people are trying to call the cops. And, the, the police do show up. And then um, you get a very Scooby-Doo cut where like, you know, the exterminator one goes into a, a door, shuts it, and then a police officer goes in that door and then someone comes out another door and three people come out of a door. And it's yeah, like, it's like we're, we're one yakety sacks away from this building. Being a Benny Hill yeah. routine. Yeah. Um, the police are one of the cops is wearing sunglasses at night, and the other one, I believe, is just chain smoking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's there's like a kid in the elevator who. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. So yeah, so the, the they're trying to get up the elevator, but it's doing that like stop at every floor thing, uh, and it finally gets down, and this ki- this little snotty kid's in there. He's like. I'm the captain of the elevator. And he just gets his ass tossed right out. Of yeah. Elevator. They, they literally just like throw a child. <laughs> they pick him up by his, you know, back, the back of his shirt and just toss him as far as humanly possible. I did think that was somewhat comical because it's clearly just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so at the, at this point, the, the result of the, the Scooby-Doo chase scene upstairs is that now Kowalski is in the, in Nancy's apartment with Vic and Nancy. Nancy's like getting cleaned up and Vic is, uh, He's wearing like a frilly apron and doing her laundry, I think, because he's a, a well-established at this point little puss boy. Um, and Kowalski is just kind of hiding in there. And they're doing this bit where like each one will think they're talking to the other one, but it's really just Kowalski doing an impression. So Vic will be like, yeah, you know, like I really like you. And he's like, I like you too. Um and he you know, like they don't they don't know. And then then Nancy's like, you know, this wasn't such a bad night. And he's like, I like you too, but I'm a bitch boy. It's it's kind of a weird. Yeah, he actually. I, I think he uses this later too. Like all of a sudden, he has this power that he could also like imitate anyone's voice at any point in time. He can. And there's also a scene where he's like anticipating what people will say. Yeah. It, yeah. I, was, I I noted is this Zartan from GI Joe? For it, all it is. It is like Zartan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, outside of physical disguises, this guy could just blend in. Like he will blend in. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh. I have something. That, <laughs> okay. I have something that someone says. I'm not a bad guy, or am I? And I just wrote that off to the side. I don't remember what in what context that was. I don't. I don't have that note. What I do have is a. Uh, they so the the captain of the elevator, the little kid shows up again, and he's he's now dragging the dead body of the guy that tried to help uh, Helen earlier with the shaving cream on his face, and. Uh, the, the cops are, are looking at this dead body and they go, what kind of a maniac would kill a man in cold blood and jelly up his face with shaving cream? <laughs> and and the kid just looks up, looks up at him all proud and goes, my dad. And then like one of the, one of the apartment doors open and it's apparently the kid's dad. The cops look at him and then just arrest all of them. As uh, you, as you would, as you would. Yeah. Um, now, so we're, we're back in the, in the, in the predictive text uh, room where where the the couple is trying to talk to each other and Kowalski's uh, just kind of narrating in between uh, yeah if we, if we didn't know this before there's you know these these gaps you know mm-hmm. so uh, we see Ajax in the present you know hey coppers before you hit the you know electric chair switch let me get in my last words and it's so disjointed as Mike just brought it up I mean I almost forgot that they pan back I mean yeah. I honestly think there was a, like forty-five minute gap once before we even got back to that, which was kind of huge. I, I mean, honestly, so I mentioned I watched this movie twice. Um, 
when we're doing these movies, especially if I haven't seen them, I like watching it and not taking notes just so I can kind of absorb the movie. Um, and then I rewatch it and I take notes because if I just do it, if I take notes the first time, I won't really enjoy it. Enjoy is a strong word to use for, for this, but yeah. And also, especially with this movie, I know there's a couple of gaps that clearly we're not going to edit out, but right. I mean, going through it, it's such a weird disjointed film that I wrote more notes for this film than we've done for any other ones. And that's yeah. why sometimes I just can't read my handwriting. Yeah. because If we're going to pause this movie, I mean, it would take seven hours to watch it. You know what? There's going to be gaps. You, this is, this is a free podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna you, be gaps. You, you, you know, you don't know us anything. And we with just, that, we, we get just, just Trent's wife escaping. She's out in alley and you know, we get to jump through that. Cause really not a lot happens. It's a lot of alley running. Yeah, and uh, so she she escapes and she runs into Vic outside, and Vic goes, "Hey, you know, be careful. There's maniacs out here." And Farron Crush hears this again and says, "I told you not to call me a maniac," and just fucking bonks him on the head again. Yeah, well, yeah, he's getting he's getting all the bonks, not and the ones I'm he sure wants. Sure, there's a sound effect. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now we have, we have Bruce Campbell again and he is walking with another woman. Yeah. It's the woman that he picked up, the, at the woman bar. that he picked up the bar and he's dressed like Jack the Ripper for some reason. Yes. He's wearing like a cape and a top hat. Um, cause that's what heels wear in this universe. Um, and, uh, he gets as the wife is, is escaping. She gets, she like one of those like old timey city fire escapes where the stairs like just are on like a bungee cord. I don't know if yeah, I'm like explaining that collapse up and but, down. but you know what I'm talking about. And he just gets taken out by the stairs. Um, and the wife runs down, doesn't, doesn't pay any mind to Bruce Campbell who she just killed. And she runs, she runs across the street into the, uh, into the security office, the, you know, the company that her husband previously ran and, uh, Farron Crush is chasing her, but she runs into, something called the parade of protection which yeah. is built as the safest hallway in the world. And it's just like, it's a, it's a series of these little like micro rooms, each one kind of demonstrating a different security system as far as I could tell. Um, but she, you know, so she's running down this infinite hallway, opening a door into this little room, opening another door. Yeah. And it's a bird's eye view, almost a diagonal bird's eye view. Diagonal bird's eye view. Each yeah. wall is really this off color, like this weird faded, you know, retro but like drab 80s pink this yellow this maybe like off green it's super weird it looks like she's running through houses in edward scissorhands it does just a, yeah. just, just a wall at a time right and so but she's opening the doors and closing each one behind her uh farron crush is just like running like the juggernaut through oh, yeah. through these walls just crashing them down uh she gets to the end and it's like this big metal wall and she, she kind of pushes it and then it starts like dominoing all these other walls towards him. And we have like a Buster Keaton moment where he just kind of like crouches down, but he, the, the walls fall and he's just in like the doorway and he's fine. But then she escapes. Um, and I want to say this might be the last time that we see the wife. Yeah, maybe. So, I, I was also looking for notes on that too. I think you might be right. Yeah. So she, and I don't, this is, I'm going to explain it as, as I observed it and it's going to sound weird. So she, runs out of, I guess, this office and jumps over like an alley wall yep. and immediately lands into an air freight box yep. that is billed as being going to Uruguay. Uh, La Cucaracha plays for a second and she is never seen again. Presumably she was shipped to Uruguay. And then I somewhere have Ajax uh, obtains a car where a car pulls up along this way. Ajax is outside. Is this roughly where you're at? Yeah, yeah. So this guy pulls up and he, like, he basically stops a car 
And uh, he says, uh, maniacs are after my girl. And he says something else. And this guy just calmly gets out and goes, you love her, son? Yeah, this, this guy looks like Santa Claus. And he's just immediately in to loan, to loan Vic his car. So Vic is taking the car because um, Nancy has escaped. And she got into another car that's right and she is she is driving away and the uh the the exterminators are in their rat van and they're they're driving towards her and so yeah Vic, Vic commandeers this old man's station wagon that has like a ladder just sitting on the top of it for some reason but and now now we're in a big highway pursuit we we've, are we've left the square or triangle of areas uh, all throughout the movie and now we're Outside of the prison, I guess. And yeah. then now we're on the highway. We're on the highway. And uh, fun fun fact here, the car that Nancy is in is the Oldsmobile Delta 88. Oh, it is? Yeah, I yeah. didn't notice that. That's yeah, awesome. That's, so that's that's the car that, you know, is in every Sam Raimi movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a car chase. Um, Kowalski gets on top of the... He, he gets on top of the, uh, you know, the, the rat van, I guess. And... Um, no, so he's driving the he. Okay, there's three. Yeah, yeah, there's okay. three cars. Keep me honest here. There's the exterminator's van. Yeah. There's Nancy's car, and then now there's the car that Ajax is in, and so Ajax is in the middle, and the van keeps banging up against Ajax's car, and Nancy at some point in time is like, "Jump to my car!" Does like get out of your car and jump to my car? Uh, or that happens later. Oh, he's like fighting them off. It's very cartoonish, but eventually jumps out of his car. Yeah, he jump he jumps up out of his car and he he has a couple key lines here as he's as he's doing this. One is he's he says, "Make way for Victor. Um, <laughs> you're under citizen's arrest, fella, oh, yeah. and taste justice." I mean, they they <laughs> you got to taste justice, right? And he has, he he has a bat. I guess I guess there was a bat in the car, and he's just he's beating Kowalski with the bat, and they have a little they have a little tussle on top of the. Uh, I don't remember how uh, Vic got on top of the exterminator van, but he he's there now. Yes, and now that now they're fighting like it's Teen Wolf. Yeah, they're fighting on top of the van. Um, he kind of kicks Kowalski to the curb, and uh, he he tries to jump off to uh, to Nancy's car, and we get the uh, the trademark Army of Dark to Spider Man tally ho. He gives a tally ho as he jumps off the car. Um. It doesn't work. He's kind of stranded between the two and Kowalski appears again and he has his weird little electric uh, baton set from earlier. Yeah, whatever whatever weapon that was. Yeah, um, but it doesn't work. Vic, Vic with his bat just kind of beats him down. He says, swift justice, I think is what I wrote. Yeah, he gets really up on his high horse. This is like yeah. a weird turning point for Ajax where he's been this total wimp and I'll give it to him. He understands that Nancy's in trouble. He wants to help her, honestly, regardless... But he becomes this like weird, quirky '20s crime fighter. Like, listen here, see, right. like I'm gonna bring you to justice. And right, he's Dick Tracy all of a sudden. Yeah, like this has never been established in this movie whatsoever. But all of a sudden, this guy has some weird change of attitude. Yeah, he's getting his, you know, he's getting his nut. Um, so shit, I, I it's a, there's like a car crash at some point. There's just a lot of fighting. Yeah, there's a lot of fighting. Um. So, and eventually, I don't remember what happened to Kowalski, but he's, he's somewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, no, he, he's dead because I think, uh, oh yeah, no, he gets, he gets like clotheslined by an overpass. Yeah. So, so Ajax is like, there's an overpass and this guy looks up. He's like, yeah, nice you know, try. Or something. Nice try. But then there's not, but then there actually then there is, is yeah. and then he's dead. 
Yeah, you know, there's like a little car crash and yeah, Nancy um, flips the car over. Yeah, Nancy flips the car over, and then um, Farron Crush is like trying to like be broy with Vic, I think, and he tries to like shake his hand. He's like, you know what, I was wrong. Like, well, well, he gets knocked off, doesn't he? Oh no, no, that that's right. Yeah, that's right. Wait, well, I, I don't even know at this point. Yeah, I, it's it's all disjointed. Yeah, like, like there was like a trick. Like one of one of the exterminators is like, don't let me die, and it's right. like, oh, really? And that was the guy, Brian James, and then yeah. Uh, he tricked him, and I don't remember the handshake with the other exterminator. Yeah, but, but I just he gets the Vic gets bonked in the head again by by Farron Crush. Um, it's and there's I, I, yeah, I don't even know what, what's happening at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a bunch of fighting and a bunch of stuff happening, right? And, and then we end up with the uh, the car hanging off the cliff thing. So Nancy's in the car hanging off the cliff. Um, Vic is trying to save her. He's fighting with uh, with with the one live uh, exterminator. Um, they get into a a sword fight, kind of. Uh, so Farron Crush like rips the bumper off of a car and is using it like a like a like a club, um, and somehow summoning amazing strength. Vic is like rips a guardrail off and he's using that as a sword to defend himself. It's very weird. Um, and we have the car hanging over this bridge. And so this this is another fun piece of trivia I saw. This is so this is actually the Detroit River. And when they were filming, it was frozen because it was the wintertime. So but they wanted they needed water there because you know for, for a thing later. So it, they just they used dynamite to blow up the ice so that they could have water. Cause that's because <laughs> it was the 80s and well, no one gave a shit. Also, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are both from Michigan. Uh, I would not be surprised if someone's like, I know who these guys are. Our city's gonna be in, in this movie. Heck yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, there's been a lot of Michigan references all throughout Sam Raimi's career, so he's probably in good with the state. <laughs> yeah, so there's a there the tussle continues. Uh Farron Crush falls into the river, uh, the car kind of teeters a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, he's not dead yet. He's not dead yet. So he, he this falls, is golden eye esque. Yeah, yeah. He falls into the river, and he the car's teetering. And he looks up, and he gives a whoa, 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 <laughs> um, and the car just falls right on his face. Uh, Nancy's saved. You know, at the last minute, Vic catches her. That old chest. I want to note this: Vic catches her right here. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? We don't know what happens because we don't really see it. They're like they talk a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's there's not really any explanation of of what happens because we cut immediately back. We're in the prison again, and Vic is like explaining that he that the, that the people just you need to find Nancy. Nancy will clear me. Um, the guards are just kind of clowning on him. And now we cut back. Do you, do you have additional notes, or am I no, kind of on track here? I'm just here? looking at you know they walk off this overpass. Now we're back at the electric chair. Yeah, and I don't know because this is a crucial moment because they're about to flip the switch, and I, I note that I think it's the, the the person who's about to flip the switch. I kept noting that he looks like the old man from Phantasm. I forgot this. Name yeah, no, he he definitely does. And he's kind of smiling the whole time. Yeah, he's but, stoked. And but, then, yeah, we're cutting back to Nancy again. Like that's one scene that was super out of context. Right, the nuns driving. Yeah, Nancy's a nun. Apparently, I didn't even know that was Nancy the first time I saw it. I know Mike saw this twice, like recently. Um, but I did not know that was Nancy the first time because again they all look like the flying nuns. She's with a bunch of nuns uh, mm-hmm. going down, and she runs in. And this is kind of funny. There's a crowd waiting, uh, you know, watching the electric chair and the uh, uh, execution, and uh, they're waiting for the switch to be pulled. 
And then there's uh, the governor shows up. Right. And, and they think they're gonna he's gonna pardon him. Yeah, he's like, oh no, I just wanted to watch. Yeah, his, his quote was so you think the phone's gonna ring, this guy's gonna stop it, maybe these nuns is, is that are there, and they look at the governor, he goes, Oh, I, I didn't want to miss this. Right. <laughs> um yeah, so you know, Na- Nancy busts in, she's like, No, no, he's innocent. Uh he it, it's fine. And and and, Na- and Nancy highlights, you know. <laughs> I thought you were dead and I, and I joined, you know, she says, I thought you were dead. And I just, I wandered for days and, and Vic says, what were you wondering about? <laughs> and, and then none of that is ever explained. Right. And then um, she became a nun. Right. She's she like, joined I, the nunnery. I wandered for days and I was taken in by a convent. I, yeah. I, I wrote covenant because I'm an idiot, but or a coven, a coven of it nuns. It was a coven of nuns. <laughs> it's always um, a coven of, a coven of nuns. Should definitely be someone's band name. I right. definitely should be a metal band. We'll look that up. I'll buy the domain. Um, <laughs> I'm into buying websites now. That's my thing. Uh, yeah. So she's like, no, no, it's, you got to believe me. I'm a nun now for whatever reason. Uh, I was just about to take my vow of silence, but you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you about this guy's innocence and everyone in the prison's like, okay, can anyone else corroborate this? And she's like, the, the nuns can, but yeah, all the, the nuns can highlight it. Yeah. Because you know, He's, uh, if we didn't establish this, which I don't even know if I knew at this time, he is, he is being, exe- or they're going to flip the switch and execute him for the right. death they, of Nancy. Yeah. Th- so they think he is responsible for the crime wave. Yeah. Everyone that has died, the two business partners, Nan- they, yeah, they I think, think they think Nancy's dead. They think Nancy's dead. Um, and also the exterminators who they don't know are the real crime waivers. Right. They think he killed them. I mean, he did. Um, but Nancy they think, just really screwed him over. Like, Hey, we're on this overpass. You went to the bathroom. Like you went to a convenience store to use the restroom. Well, I just bolted and joined. And, the, you know, and that's nuns. really accurate. Cause the, the, the last time we see Nancy or Vic before the prison thing, they are, on the bridge alive and talking to each other. Also, let's talk about the the judicial system here. Okay, so there there must have been a trial. There was court proceedings of some sort. Now he's on death row. That's not happening over day. This must be years. How the hell long was this? And did Nancy not read a single newspaper? She never heard about this. This dude is rotten away in prison. And she's yeah. like, oh, I, you know, I became a nun. I didn't know any of this. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, the, the whole, the whole ending is very, very weird and disjointed. Well, we're not over. And then we just flash to a wedding. Boom. They get married. And that's the end of the film. Yeah. <laughs> just, the, bam. The, well, they, they, they do the newspaper flash again where it's like extra, extra. And it kind of spins around into your face, into your face. And, uh, they, they have like the fake out. Um, it's like hero executed almost. <laughs> um, and then it shows them at the wedding and you know, they get married and the, the last line of the movie is Vic looking at the camera and, and in the goofiest voice, like she likes me. Oh, <laughs> And then Nancy kind of gives an eye roll and then the movie's over. Yeah, I know that. Does she not? Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> let's kind of summarize. Nancy did not like this guy whatsoever. No. There's really no attraction. No. Nancy kind of leaves. He does help her out of a jam, but right. then she falls in love with him, but thinks he's dead, becomes a nun. He rots away, but hey, everything's cool and they get married. And that is literally the end of this film. Um, yeah. I cannot recommend this film at all. No, no one um, should watch this. If this you're is a, bananas. Yeah, if you're a diehard Sam Raimi film, you should watch it because there are some cool scenes. Uh, as we noted, cool lines, cool cameos. Bruce Campbell is absolutely the best in this movie. I mean, yeah. so maybe can I not recommend it? Uh, again, if you're Sam Raimi, a Sam Raimi or Bruce Campbell fan, absolutely you'll have fun, but you're probably not going to want to own it or watch it again. This wouldn't be the movie you're like, I bought it. I'm going to show it to my friends. This is really fun. Uh, for me, some of it was actually trudging through it. Everything with the exterminators was really difficult for me to watch. Yeah. It was just so boring. It was and pretty just, challenging and awful. It was just not funny. But there are a couple other moments. Um, 
I could see what everything or like what they were trying to go for. It just it wasn't my type of movie. Um, no. Yeah. Oddly, this movie out of all the movies we've we've done so far, this has the highest rating. Yeah, I mean, I have to assume it's because people love Sam Raimi. They love Bruce Campbell. Um, yeah, this I mean, is... Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi are kind of trying to highlight, this isn't good, please don't judge me on it. That's apparently all the trivia that we both read. Yeah, I, I th- the reason people like this movie is I think the same reason that The Fucking Room is played every midnight movie yeah. every Saturday at the, the, the whatever that theater is. Um, yeah, like people just liking something because they think they should because, because they're fucking idiots this movie sucks um if this movie had gone off the way sam raimi wanted to if if bruce campbell had played the main character oh, that would have been way better would have been way better if they had not 80 yard uh farron crush's voice i don't know what the other actor sounds like but it had to have been better i, I would have felt better about all of the exterminator scenes and if they didn't make brian james talk like a goddamn rat i like brian james it's really unfortunate yeah i do yeah, as I well just, i just thought that like wow you just kind of ruined this yeah, character like, this actor's job in here the plot being bananas wasn't my issue it's just there were just little things like yeah if, if the things that i just highlighted had been changed i think this movie would be like salvageable watchable yeah, yeah like, it might not be anyone's favorite but i definitely think a lot of people would think wow this is right. more funner this is early sam raimi i see what's going on but yeah i totally agree yeah. with mike um, some massive changes and if they were made it would have really right it, w- it would have made this movie stand up because well. it's got some fun Sam Raimi stuff, especially if you like his other movies, like all the weird call outs, yeah. the newspaper thing with the evil dead stuff. I mean, the cars in all of his movies. Um, yeah. I mean, and you can even, there are moments where like that Coen brothers magic is showing through, like, like someone put care into this in places, but I, I feel like they were just for, I, I'm, it, it was mentioned multiple times that the, pr- the production company, you know, they, they put the kibosh on Bruce Campbell and they were kind of making decisions that were contrary to what Sam Raimi wanted. I think if he had just been let to let run the show in his own way, I think it would have been a lot better. I totally agree. Was Sam Raimi's brother in this at all? He's no, like, I, you know, I, 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 I thought I, I went through a really quick scan yeah. on IMDb, just like you're flipping through 20 people. Didn't see him. And yeah. I, I, I thought, thought that, that was weird. I thought he would have made an appearance. See, that's the thing. I, that was the kiss of death. What is his brother's name? I don't know. We need to look this up. Um, Whatever his brother's name is, which I'll tell you in a second. Uh, I don't even know where to look for <laughs> look for that. But. Yeah, I don't know where to look either. Um, something Raimi, probably. <laughs> that is probably not I, the most. I, I don't know who he would have played, but yeah, I mean, Bruce Campbell obviously should have played the main character. I don't think Sam Raimi's brother is like attractive enough to have played the heel character that Bruce Campbell ended up playing, but he, he probably could have pulled that off. Um or he could have played at least the guy that with the shaving cream guy that got thrown out the window. Yeah, I, there 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 are ways that this could have been could have been decent. I'm, I'm please please tell me you have his name because I'm running out of. I unfortunately don't. Okay. Uh, middle brother, it's Ted and Ivan. Is it Ted Ramey? It might. Yeah, it's Ted Ramey. Yeah, That's maybe something. that was the kiss of death that his brother was not in it. I do like his brother. We recently watched his brother in a uh, shout out creep show episode, which highlights the evil dead that if anyone's watching creep show, you should totally watch that episode. I thought that one was so fun. Yeah. That I was think, a fun episode. yeah, his brother's a, a great time. He's not in it. So I'm thinking 
He should have been in it. I mean, I'm not angry with Sam Raimi. I'm not angry with Bruce Campbell. And I'm not angry with the Coen brothers. It's just not really a movie I can recommend. Well, a lot of the other movies we're looking at, I really have had more fun with. It is fun going through this. I don't feel this is regrettable for me because I do like films and I do like 80s films. And I like this kind of style of film. Just for me, this kind of fell down. And as Mike said, that if there were some massive changes, this would have been a lot, lot better for me. Yeah. And it's a shame because watching it, there's promise. It could have been like a goofy just like a goofy fun movie but it just it, it missed the mark there but now we have a goofy fun movie coming up next time with our i guess reoccurring guest lamar sutton yeah we're gonna be talking about disorderlies yeah <laughs> it's gonna be bananas i'm super looking forward to this this is a movie all three of us have seen before it was brought up last time by lamar and immediately we thought that yeah. should be the next time you're on the movie we talk about is there anything you want to tell anyone about disorderlies in the last minute or so that we have? Yeah, I mean, if you like 80s and 90s hip hop, like, well, I guess more 80s. Um, so disorderlies, for those who don't know, is a fat boys vehicle Yeah. Um, from 1987 where the fat boys play, uh, yeah, like orderlies at a hospital, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there's hijinks and it, it's fun. Um, yeah, th this movie is, is, is pretty fun. Uh, it's ridiculous and it's not very good, but it's 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 a lot of fun, especially if you like that era of, of music because the, the soundtrack kind of slaps. Yeah, the soundtrack's going to be a, a, a huge, probably, discussion piece all throughout this. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, but it's a lot of fun. So uh, we look forward to talking about Disorderlies next time. Mm -hmm. Remember, you could hit us up at rabbit troop sucks podcast at gmail.com yes. you could also go to rabbit troop sucks.com yes you can do that i mean there's a big possibility we never introduced ourselves as always i'm paul and next to me is mike that's correct and next time we will be discussing disorderlies and in the meantime in your heart just remember from denver colorado a shout out to all of you is Rabbit Troop sucks. Rabbit Troop sucks. Rabbit Troop sucks. And normally we leave off with just some ending music, but today we have one of my oldest friends, Michael Dooley, is here visiting Colorado. Michael and I work together. Shout out to anyone who worked at a Wild Oats, especially Capitol Hill. Uh, but thanks for coming, Mike. Thanks for having me here. I still haven't decided what song I need should play. Well, I don't know what Mike's going to play for us, but this is Michael Dooley. Let it all go down to the bottom of the sea Where I'll stand with you and the water is all we see Every night we can swim in love See stars through the blur of the liquid up above it all go down to the bottom of the sea that will walk alone from now till eternity every day we can surface our minds observe all within light of the sun chariot in the sky
trouble we are taking in all we may find Some find this life is not feasible So they will be the one left behind Let it all go Sorry, wrong chord. <laughs> Rabbit Troop sucks. Rabbit Troop fucking sucks. <laughs>